All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast. Back after a uh, a little break, a hiatus, I guess you should say, for a week. Not really a, a huge break, but we uh, two episodes off, and we are back. As always, folks, I'm your host, Bailey Eichbrett, and joined with me is the captain, Mr. Andy Full. What's going on, buddy? Welcome home to snowy Buffalo. <laughs> Don't you love that? Yeah, it's um, it's great. But on Thursday, it's going to be 70, and I think it, on Saturday, it's going to snow again. So, like, we are... Yeah, it's like the Ides of March, right? Like, you never know what's going to happen four hours from now. So, but we had beautiful sunshine today. The ice boom's coming out. We'll be catching big smallmouth in about two weeks, and I cannot wait. Yeah. And about, uh, hopefully, in a couple days, I'm going to try to sneak out after work one of these days and get to one of the local honey holes. Maybe you try a new lake that I have not been to around here ever which is pretty rare when you've been living in the state for so long, especially like New York. Like we have a lot of lakes, but we don't have like a Minnesota. You know what I mean? Like we're nowhere near that. So it's typically in your, if especially if you live in Western or central New York, you can kind of hit almost every lake beyond like the Adirondacks, like the little small little portage lakes and stuff. But like um, I'm pretty excited either way to go hit this, hit up this new lake and uh, have the weekend to finally hit the open water. It was uh I will say I obviously don't like coming home to this cold weather, but being that I was away from home in Oklahoma working at Redcrest, it was like almost gut wrenching, like knowing that there's open water at home and I couldn't fish it. Um, but well, it was a pretty ever- cold weekend, anyway. So yeah. you you didn't really miss out on too much. It was a good weekend to go to slightly warmer pastures, I guess we could say. As in Oklahoma, because it wasn't even the warmest out there, right? Oh, no. So what's crazy was, uh, and during practice, Edwin Evers told me the water temp was 47. <laughs> like, I was like, for the south, like this time of year, that's weird. I don't know. Maybe Oklahoma's different, but um, I think it was 55 during the event. That warmed which, up quick. Yeah. Which, by the way, big congrats to Mr. Bobby Lane on the victory. I think uh, – out of that top 10, I don't think there's anybody that's been as long overdue for a major championship title than Bobby. Yeah, yeah he's been close quite a bit, especially now that he's in the BPT, right? Like, I think he had another second-place finish, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, in the Red Crest. Was Travis to Wheeler. Yeah. So it almost happened again, <laughs> which would have been brutal. Oh, which, gosh. by the way, which, by the way, we uh, we have the Red Crest winning bait right here. Ooh. And the old Berkeley Fritz side five and that HD Brown Crow. And uh, what's kind of cool about this, I, I would say that you guys could go get this for 15% off at Omnia Fishing. But unfortunately, by Monday morning, they were sold out along yeah. with the Berkeley Stunna that about seven out of 10 anglers in the top 10 on Sunday were using. Uh, don't let their jerseys fool you. But uh, what's cool about this. And I'm not just giving a Berkeley plug here, but we have three different Fritz sides. They come in three different sizes in that HD pattern. So you have your five that was the Red Crest winning. That's your normal size. You have the five Biggin, which is much bigger than the five in terms of length. Same tight wobble, same diameter. And then you have your five Junior, which is even smaller. And so it, it's a very versatile bait, and it's something really cool. And uh, we're going to get some guys on from Berkeley on the bait team here soon 
start talking about the science behind this stuff because it's actually a really, really intriguing conversation. And I know you, Andy, especially would geek the hell out on this stuff. I love it. I like in having like a sound understanding slightly of what's going on just because of like talking with you about it and such, like it's so cool just to like understand the problem solving that goes into creating a very similar bait in every size instead of just mass producing them and thinking they all work the same. So um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So some people that we're going to get on, <laughs> which <laughs> hella bass is in here asking, which for a blade bait through the ice, <laughs> yeah. a blade get, you bait. A, get you a big old flipping stick and a, two ounce punch weight and hopefully hopefully she goes through <laughs> that's about all i can tell yeah um but yeah so coming up soon we actually um you know we're five minutes in here really fast we uh have mr keith tuma joining us here tonight but he's getting some technical difficulties which as i say it he joins us here in the queue so should we announce him as our host of the night <laughs> our host is joining us tonight <laughs> for folks who uh who know the last time we had mr tuma on he, he sold the show and uh, we're like, man, this guy's just so good at this stuff. Maybe he should be our host. And uh, either way, Keith is one of the nicest guys that I have met in this industry. And I'm hyped to get him back on here because, honestly, dude, uh, at the Bassmaster Classic, he stole the show in terms of on stage. Like, the the well, we're going to talk to him here in a second. But before he does, I'm going to make him suffer through me giving him a uh, compliment here. He, uh, he said, so Dave Mercer comes up because he has like, I think a two fish on day one. And he's like, he goes, oh, well, you know, I know it's not the day you wanted, but like you can go get him on day two. And he's like, what do you mean? It's my biggest bag on the Bassmaster Classic stage. And everyone was laughing because I mean, it's true. But like he had, he had the most positive outlook on a day where a lot of anglers probably would have been pissed off. And uh, with that being said, let's introduce our guest here. Our host, Mr. Keith Tuma. What's going on? <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for keeping Welcome. me backstage through that whole thing. Hey, yeah. fellas. <laughs> he figured out technology. <laughs> Round of applause for Mr. Keith Tuma. <laughs> well, we got to be happy about being on Serious Angler again, man. It's been a while. I've missed you, boys. I know. We missed you, too. Aww. It was, uh, dude, I, I just have to say, like, before we get in the show, talking about what I just mentioned about you on stage on day one it was pretty awesome when you were just like just a positive outlook you had on it because you knew where you were and you're like no nah, it's my biggest bag and i've ever had on the best master classic stage like that's a it's a that's like a way that the one percent of people would look at things in that scenario and uh boy <laughs> it didn't even take anything out of me to be like that up there it honestly didn't it was just it just felt natural and yeah, dude. I mean, we all have good tournaments. We all have bad tournaments. It just happens. And it's uh, how you roll with it that makes uh, makes or breaks you, I believe. And, uh, dude, I owned it. It was fun. It was That was my first bag and my biggest bag to that point that I'd ever weighed at a classic. So why not, uh, why not embrace it? And, I mean, ultimately, yeah, I'm there competing at the classic. It's my biggest tournament ever. But there's so many fans. There's so many people nationwide, worldwide, you know, uh, friends, family, loved ones, uh, people I don't even know that are going to be watching this. And, you know, ultimately we're, we're there. BASS is there for the fans. Um, yeah. Tournament anglers. It's obviously it's, you know, for the, for the anglers too, and for us to compete and, and, uh, try and do well in tournaments. I get all that stuff, but, uh, 
the fans keep it alive, man. And if you get them on your side, um, I had so many positive compliments afterwards. It was great. Uh, people running up to me, hey, man, can we get your picture? It was so great. And I said, yeah, not a problem. Let's do this. And, uh, boy, you do really do shake. I said, yeah, it's the tomb of Twitch. It stuff's patented. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure. Good vibes, good energy. I'm sending it to you. So, <laughs> I will no, say. I, will times. I had an absolute blast. Um, I would not change the outcome. Uh, for a number of different reasons. The, the the most recent one that came to my head, which I thought was kind of funny, is oh, those other guys have got some fragile egos. I don't know if they could have handled coming in 55th, but I nailed it, so I took the pressure <laughs> off of them. <laughs> That's not that. me. They're all a great bunch of dudes. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for anything. Um, I, proud of myself, proud of proud of uh, the, the few fish that wanted to go for rides in my boat. Um, it was just there was so much going on that you know, it's I, I, I've described it as like a three ring circus with, you know, a side note of, Hey, let's let these guys fish. So it's, it was a hoot. I, I'd love to do it again. Same results. Don't even care. Let's do this. That, a three ring circus is a great way to describe the classic. <laughs> There's a lot going on, um, you know, with not just media day, but banquets and, you know, appreciation dinners and, just to see the, oh boy, the level of support from all of the promoters, the sponsors, you know, um, in BASS and with, you know, the products that we all use as anglers. Holy criminy. Um, I, it was it was overwhelming, to be honest with you. Um, and everybody was, you know, super nice and just happy. If you need anything, let us know. Um, we're here for you, that type of thing. Um, I've been a 100% consumer my whole life. You know, I've paid full on retail for everything that I fish out of and I've never really asked for or done, you know, any searching for searching out for help. So I've been, like I said, a customer of, of the companies that I've chosen to work with for quite a few years. Heck, my, my old Skeeter was an 06 and I bought that thing. Actually, no, take that back. It was an 05, but it was an 06, but I got it in 05. How's that? Like August of 05. But i that was my first boat or my first, yeah, my first new boat. <laughs> Cause then after that, I bought the stroker. We don't need to talk about that. But anyway, yeah, it's just, so I've used this stuff like power pole, like uh, the stealth charging system and the stealth lithium batteries, you know, uh, 13 fishing rods, you know, here I'll go through all my plugs right away. Let's get it out of the way before we start uh, enjoying some adult stuff. But ah, dude, hydrometer propellers. That'll make a skeeter run, but anyway, we can talk about that stuff later on. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you got some uh, some big boy offers from the classic, didn't you? I had nothing really from the classic, but uh, didn't prior you, to you added the team skeeter, I would. That was uh, yeah, well, technically, yeah, um, but that happened probably in August. Oh, what comes before July? Yeah, not August of uh, twenty one. I got. Right. Uh, Actually, through Andy Walls, uh, my normal team partner, um, knows Joe Carlson quite well from the uh, Minnesota rep and put in a call and he brought us both on, said, yeah, let's do this. You guys are having a, a killer time and we'd love to get you representing. So, yeah, it's it's great. I can uh, personally confirm as well that the uh, the Tuma Twitch is a legitimate thing <laughs> because when I saw you on Media Day, I was like, well, are you excited, bud? And you're like, 
Oh, you didn't say anything. You did like almost the uh, Will Ferrell, like, I don't know what to do with my hands, except your hands were like this. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you're like, I can't sit still. <laughs> like, all I, I could do is laugh. But it purposely did, it was avoided cool. coffee and everything. It was horrible. But so, I mean, it's that's just good energy. I don't think the Southern fish are quite accustomed to it yet. I got to soak a lure a little longer, you know, but they'll get it. Sooner or later, they'll be like, man, what was that crazy buzzing way up in this this corner of this one creek arm? We got to check that out at some point. <laughs> and they're like, why is that shad having a seizure? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's supposed to be a crankbait, and here it is causing a big commotion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's so excited. His square bill's like a buzz bait. <laughs> oh, shoot. Helicopter. Yeah, my... my <laughs> My swimmer rig, I had to throw a three-quarter ounce head on the thing just to keep it a foot under the water. I guess I was pretty excited. <laughs> Probably <laughs> explains why the two fish stay one. <laughs> oh, and that, so that's something I wanted to get into if you're if you're cool with it, is kind of yeah, talk about the fishing itself because um, obviously, I mean, on one end, as an angle, you're like, obviously you want to come in with a limit. But on the other end, I'm super like pumped and inspired by the positive outlook you came away with. And I'm jealous of it because – for me, I probably would have been a negative Nancy, but like, oh, this sucks. Some of the classics. It would still be sour two years later. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, barely. But, yeah. but looking at the fishing, I, I'm very curious, you know, what you uh, your thoughts were going into Hartwell, like how your practice was. You know, we heard a lot from the, the guys at the top, but I'm kind of curious to hear how it went for you, a guy that you probably never even seen a Carolina Lake. Um, well, I, I had put it a little bit of time in there pre-fish. Um, I was down after Lake Norman. I was down there for, I think, four days. Um, so I got to, got to check some things out at normal pool. Uh, then went back in December and looked at some things. And for some reason, the fish that I was finding were doing the exact same thing in September as they were December, uh, which was, I guess, confidence inspiring or motivating or whatever you want to say. But um, I was, I was eager to see if that was still going to play come March or end of February. Didn't <laughs> it all went away. So it, uh, that was kind of, kind of crazy. But uh, so I, I had a little bit of prior time on the lake. Um, I saw it at four feet down or four and a half feet down, whatever winter pool was um, in December when I was out there. Would have loved to spend another week or two out there, but obligations back home, so it's fine. Uh, just to learn the the lay of the lake and all that stuff, and where how things are shaking out, um, things along those lines. The uh, the other little thing that maybe got into my head a little bit when I was down in unofficial practice in February, um, just like the week before the tournament, uh, I had just picked up a brand new boat and. Drove down to Texas. Uh, I think it was, we were, I was due to leave the 23rd. The 17th, I got the call. Left at 6 p.m. 17th. Shot down to Texas. Um, got there at 10.30 in the morning. Had a little lunch. Went down with a travel buddy of mine. He's a power driver. It's awesome. But uh, Make him drive. <laughs> he drove some, and I, I drove some. And, yeah, we just turned switched, switched places. We never really took a break except for the dinner I was about to tell you about or lunch. Um, late breakfast, whatever. But then uh, was told, don't be to the plant before one o'clock. That was uh, Joanne down there saying that. So uh, <laughs> shot her a message. Oh, here's my insurance stuff. And I may or may not be sitting in front of the plant right now in the parking lot taking a nap. <laughs> she calls, hey, they're, they're ready for you. I was like, no kidding. Awesome. 
at 1.30 in the afternoon, we're pointed back north. Got home five in the morning on Saturday and took a two-hour power nap and started rigging. So <laughs> it was exciting, got it all done, but fired it up in the garage, poured some gas in it, fired it up, uh, last thing to do. And then the the long run fire up was in the break-in and all that stuff was done on Hartwell. So got to learn a brand new boat. During practice? On During a brand practice. new lake. Yeah. On a, yeah. With basically new electronics, front and rear, and um, you know, a whole brand new boat. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> So I just got out there and idled around and drove around and saw some of the lake and tried to find some, went and revisited some memories and uh, realized really early on that that was not the deal. Um, so forced myself to broaden broaden the horizons a little bit and uh, tried to find some different stuff. Man, I would I really would have thought Mr. Keith Tuma, the boat tinker, would have had like some some rig going 85 down Hartwell just making everyone else look silly. That was the uh, December boat. Dang. <laughs> why, why didn't you keep the December boat? I'm curious. Um, I personally wanted to be, I, I'm a fan of fishing out of Skeeters. They're great. Uh, I, I personally wanted to be in a, in a newer rig just to, uh, you know, especially if I was going to be on board with the Skeeter and Yamaha to just represent the, the brand and the product and, you know, show showcase, something a little bit different. I, I think I'm the only one out there in the, uh, well, that was the only one in the classic run on the dual console, which I thought was pretty cool. So <laughs> or as far as the Skeeter goes anyway. Yeah. But so, so all the marshals were like, Oh my God, it's a dual console. We're so happy. I was like, yeah, breathe. Cold. I'm wearing shorts and flip flops. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So, I mean, looking, looking back on the classic, I mean, Talking about fishing wise, obviously it probably would have been nicer to have the boat earlier and have some more time with it prior to classic practice. But beyond sure. that aspect, you know, looking back, what things would you potentially may have changed? Um, I probably should. I oof, my start area was way up to Seneca, <clears throat> and I I had it all to myself, and that was one of my first little clues in the back of my head. It's like, oh boy, everybody found the main lake stuff which I wasn't going to put it past these guys. I mean, they're phenomenal. They're pros. They've already got a couple of tournaments under their belts. They're warmed up. This was my first first tournament of the year. So a little rusty after not having fished for a couple months, but whatever. Um, but I ran away up there, and in practice, I had found a, a load of decent fish. Um, it wasn't the winning fish, but uh, my strategy was go up there and try and crack a limit. And I had the bites, and I had the opportunities that first day. Um, my first fish, I want to say it was three or four casts in was that, uh, that two pound largey and it was, it had tag in it. I didn't know until I got back to weigh in. That was pretty cool. But, um, and I'm thinking, okay, they're still here, you know, and that was actually from what I'd found in this area, one of the smaller fish. Um, I mean, there was, there was two and three quarter to three pounders swimming around in there like crazy. Um, so I worked the whole area down. Um, and it was, it was pretty, pretty significant area. And it was just a series of points with little itty bitty creeks or little itty bitty guts that would run back. And there was fish, there was fish activity there. So I would switch back and forth between a jerk bait and between a swim jig or a swimmer. Um, anyway, uh, and, uh, it would, they would either just bump the, the jerk bait or sw swipe at it or something. 
and then the the swimmer they would it was seems like they were just pushing it or they'd nip at it and get it right behind the hook so it was uh it was actually kind of a really weird deal but definitely had the had the bites at that point to have come out of there with a limit um ran back made one pass down fished around a little bit uh went back up further towards main channel thinking all right well maybe they've moved back out with the colder weather um this was this was obviously first day of the tournament sorry i don't know if you asked me pre-fishing questions or what but um keep it rolling cast in on the like on, on the first point in from the main channel uh just get lit up <laughs> and it's pull and drag instantly i told my marshal i said this is a striper but we're going to do the let's be a bass dance or a, a large mouth or, or a big spot you know but it wasn't it was like an eight or nine pound striper which was really exciting but at the same time kind of frustrating but yeah. it was fun uh from there i ran to a secondary spot where i'd found a, a pile of fish decent really decent ones that's this is where i was hoping to upgrade and uh <laughs> pull in there's a local guy fishing and I sat down kind of away from him, but you know, I was going to idle back and uh, said, Hey, did you leave me any back there? You go, well, you know, I probably caught about a dozen so far. Oh boy. Like good job, bud. (laughs) So (laughs) it made a little, little corner way in the back and then it opened up to a flat, a shallow flat back there, uh, which is, they were, they were, things were happening back there. We'll just put it that way get back there and there's a boat back there just wailing on them too. So it's like, what the heck? So from there, ran back out to main Lake, uh, practice last, the official practice day, which would have been two days before the tournament. Um, my center of the lake where everybody else pretty much was, um, as far as what I saw in the little, when the heads popped up on the screen, a buddy of mine screenshotted it for me and sent it to me. I was like, Oh, see, I was in the right area. Um, but, uh, I pulled up to this one point and it's, there was a little bit of brush with some scattered uh, stumps and whatnot. I'm thinking great area. It's going to hold their pre-spawn, you know, it, uh, there's bait around. It should be fine. Pull up there, drop trolling motor down, seeing the same things, you know, there's bait swimming around and uh, had one bump it there. But in practice, my first fish there was like a four and a quarter. And uh, then I went and fished around, uh, got out of the area, basically just kind of marked around stuff and uh, went to another area that was similar and caught one that was dangerously close to five. And I was like, oh boy, I should probably not be fishing anymore and just more looking. So, but I think in that couple of days, those fish kind of even pushed back a little bit further, you know, um, and I just didn't follow them properly, I would say. But that's, I knew that if I could run up the, the river, and have that pretty much to myself, uh, come out of there with a limit is what I was hoping each day and then run to the, to the main lake, you know, and just fish slow, fish calm and, uh, do my upgrading. There is what in my head was the plan. Right. But, uh, yeah, it didn't, didn't play out like that, but had a blast, <laughs> had an absolute blast each day. That's what yeah. we call fishing, Keith. It was, it was definitely not catching <laughs> for me. It was, it was fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm I'm kind of curious, you know, because obviously it was your your first classic. You know, what was it like for you going through the basically day off, or was it was it two days off basically until day one of the classic? So you kind of had to almost everyone has to adjust to what they found in practice, just because one, it's a couple of days or a day and a half, I think it was, mm-hmm. to 
from practice till then. And a lot of things can change, as everyone knows, especially this time of year. Right. But also that week, it was a crazy temperature swing. Yes, so it was. It's like, whew. how was that for the first time for you dealing with that? You know, I was. I wasn't going to let it. I was going to try and not let it get in my head, which I, I didn't. Um, I needed to sample that one spot to get it out of my out of my head and feel comfortable with it. Um, clearly, I was in by what the locals told me, and I witnessed and where I started. I was in a decent area to come out of there with a with a with an okay bag. Had uh, had I made the proper adjustments, the fish were telling me what to do. I wasn't really listening and paying attention. You know, that first jerkbait fish just absolutely annihilated it. And then from there on out, it was, it just got weird on me. Um, I don't know at this point what I could have done exactly to adjust. Um, maybe a, maybe just lock the jerk bait in my hand and fish it a heck of a lot slower. Um, the one thing I did find in practice, well, the, the, from when I found that first area, the initial start area, the wind was blowing into it a little bit, which was, in my opinion, activating the fish on the jerk bait bite a little bit better. Um, and it was it was more or less, I don't know, 180 degrees wind switch change from from when I found it. So it was fairly calm over there. But uh, I did get on. It was it was the weirdest thing. Um, I would be casting pretty much into the wind and uh, get a backlash or you know a little overrun or whatever, and just be picking it out and reel up to tighten the line to go make my first twitch. And there'd be a fish on there. It was it happened numerous times. It's like oh they want it really slow. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, I just didn't, uh, I, I was thinking, I was thinking two or three spots ahead of where I was actually fishing. And that was, that was probably a little bit of my downfall. Not really being mentally kind of in that moment versus thinking Correct. what you're going to do next, which. And I knew, uh, like you were saying with the weather changing and all that stuff, I knew for the first few hours, couple hours, I was going to be pre-fishing and, uh, it's fine. I mean, <laughs> it really was fine. I, I, I would say that I'm disappointed, but I, I took it all as an opportunity for one hell of an education. Yeah. And uh, it definitely was. It uh, These Southern Lakes, they've had my number, um, the, the reservoirs anyway, with the uh, you know chasing of the herring and the chasing of the shad and, and all that stuff. I mean, this is, this is all brand new to me. Uh, you heard Mercer say, I mean, this is my fir- fourth um BASS major event, you know, considering the opens is a major event, um, which I certainly do. Uh, I'm new, man. I may be old, but I'm new, you know, <laughs> so I'm learning. And uh, like I said, I'm broadening my horizons and I can't take every trick that I've got from up here and apply it to down there. But the dang sure thing is I can take tricks that I'm learning down there and bring them up here. And it's, that's pretty fun. Yeah. So, yeah. And we, so, saying that's kind of all brand new to you there is a, a decent question here from hello bass who's also out from your neck of the woods and being I, that you guys have so many lakes out there is there any lake that somewhat fishes like hartwell to kind of even closely practice for that kind of deal personally and this was what my plan was to do had i uh had i got the boat a little sooner i feel that uh the closest lake that would fish similar to Hartwell would be Table Rock. And I was going to make a run down there and, and just go, you know, hopefully break the boat in, um, do a few other little things, and then just kind of fish around, like legit fish, and see what they're doing. But uh, the other thing that kind of took that out of my game plan was the 
the weather that they were having at the time a few weeks before um, I had to leave for the classic. I mean, they got super cold and a ton of snow and ice and just really, uh, you know, not fun weather to fish in that time of year. <laughs> but, um, I, so I, I can't really think of any other lake around here and I haven't fished a ball um, that fishes like Hartwell. Um, I would say the closest one would be, you know, something similar to Table Rock or, you know, maybe Ozarks, like in the Ozarks, a little closer, but yeah, that's even different than Table Rock. And I think Table Rock's a lot closer to uh, Hartwell, in my opinion. Hmm. Right. I don't I mean, know. That kind of gets a, it's a good segue into what we we're going to talk about next in terms of like, the situation that you had, like going to a brand new lake that you have zero experience doing, which speaking personally for Andy and I, any lake outside of New York is probably brand spanking new. Because <laughs> right. All lakes are yeah. so unique. Um, but for so like going down to, to Hartwell, you know, especially in your pre-practice, getting the lay of the land. I mean, when you before you even launch the boat, what kind of things are, are you looking for? What research are you doing? If you do any at all. I was all over Google Earth um, and just and just looking around. Um, I'd bounce back between the satellite imagery um, and then the, the, the regular whatever plain Jane map that pops up just to see where little creek arms and stuff run. Um, and then, you know, zooming in, obviously going back for a couple of years to check different water levels and things along those lines. But uh so no, Google Earth was a big factor in in some of the things that I was checking out. Um, I did look at previous tournament videos out there. Um, not that I was going to copy anything that anybody was doing because it's a different year and it's a different time and all that stuff. And right. personally, that's not overly cool. But in my opinion, um, I want to find my own stuff. And sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. You know, but <clears throat> I think that's what that goes to be said for anybody. Um, but you know, just to, I don't know, not really familiarize myself with that type of fishery, but, uh, just to see how guys break it down and are fishing it. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, the, the footage is out there for a reason and everybody's, everybody's checking stuff out. It's, uh, it's public knowledge or whatever. So not that I was looking for spots, which I wasn't, I, I wasn't really, aside from being in that big group of guys, um, in the center part of the lake, it was, it was still spread way out. And I was, I was never in anybody's way. Um, and yeah, I never really ran into anybody. I ran into Jacob Krasnick on day two. Uh, he was coming into one little arm to check out some stuff deep. And I said, Hey man, I, <laughs> I just, if you want me out of here, I'll get out of here. He was, he had a pretty decent day on day two and he's a great guy. Um, he's been, been really nice to me. One of the, one of the good guys, you know, and uh, very welcoming and all that stuff. But uh, he's like, no, man, I said, I got a brush pile. I got to go check. And uh, he's, he's like, go for it. Go check it. I'm just going to be out here. So I went back there and checked it. And um, they were swarming around that thing in practice the couple days before the tournament. <laughs> there was there was a nice bag of fish sitting there. <laughs> and they were still in the area. I just, uh, they, they moved out. Um, there was nothing there day two, day one. I, uh, yeah, I had a little faux pas, but it happens. So do you have forward cool. facing on your boat. Pardon me. Do you have forward facing on your boat? I do. Yep. What are you running? Garmin. Garmin. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm Garmin, and then I'm coupled with a, uh, or I've got the uh, Humminbird 360 as well. So I'm kind of using the two in conjunction to get a, I don't know, a better idea of what's out there. As far as just what I'm seeing, um, it helps it make sense, <clears throat> in my opinion. But So when do you finally, you do all your, your research and your stuff before even back on the boat down the ramp. When you get out on the water, I mean, are you a guy that wants to spend some time looking at your screens for a while, or are you a guy that's going to go, that looks good, and just start fishing stuff so you kind of get a feel for things? That looks good. I'm going to go fishing. And then I end up forgetting about a lot of stuff. Now, as soon as you mentioned that, there's a, <laughs> I found a really nice brush pile that had some pretty decent fish in it. Uh, we're staying uh, right by Broyles um, Recreational Area. And that's the access that I put in uh, for a couple days. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, there's a great brush pile right there. <laughs> and I, I forgot all about it. Folks and now everyone knows about it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's, there's, a big, there's a big orange marker on it now, whatever. But uh, it was there. It, yeah, there were some nice ones there. <laughs> Keith, Keith is like, I'm never going to have to worry about it. I mentioned it. I'm never be at Hartwell again. He's going to call oh. the next classic and it's going to be on Hartwell. <laughs> the, or he's going to fish the Southern Opens randomly, right? And then. Oh, I wanted to get in. I wanted to get into the Southern so badly. I really did. And uh, that's okay, though. <clears throat> um, the Northerns accepted me. So we'll see how that shakes out. But <laughs> the. Uh, running the MNB on team trail. Uh, so the, the goal this year is to hopefully qualify for the uh, uh, team championship again. And that's on Hartwell in December. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Oh, might have an idea. Oh. And I'll, I'll check that brush pile for everybody. So I'll make a post on either Instagram or Facebook. And <laughs> That would be, I've always been curious about that sometimes. Like you just, you post up like a, away points to some random ass thing and just just like wait on it and just see how many people visit it that next day <laughs> i think that'd that, become hilarious that's, yeah. i think that's pretty intriguing <laughs> we could we can do it um, i'll start yeah, dropping like dots a, all over <laughs> it's almost like a social experiment to see like people always people give each other a lot of crap for like posting stuff on social media and people mm-hmm. have blackout backgrounds i mean i do it myself so i can't i can't talk crap about it but like and people, especially people that do YouTube, I mean, people, mm-hmm. have a, there's a stigma for negative stigma for people that do YouTube. Correct. Uh, but that's, that'll be a fun social experiment to see how much does it actually impact? I mean, a guy like me and Andy probably is just like a couple of local guys know about it now, but you know, I'm sure like a Milliken or something, then, you know, look what happened to OHIV. Not saying that he's fully to blame, but like, Cause he didn't even release it. I think it was Texas parks and wildlife that released. Yeah. It. I believe they did. Yeah. But people figure yeah. out real quick where you're at. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when you say mm-hmm. Ben Billiken, you already have like a massive crowd that's, you know, all over your crap. Right. That would be a, I don't know. Sorry. Sorry for the tangent. It's just like, no, it's okay. Tangent away, man. The more you talk, the less I have to. And you, you kind of seem more interesting right now. <laughs> you're our host, man. You're supposed to be doing all the time. Oh, oh, you know, I forgot my list of questions. Actually, you forgot to email them to me. So, oh, oh I know. It's my fault. Shots. Take you. Shots. You got- I love this. Here you go. Here you go, Keith. It's, it's your show now. Okay. Oh, great. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't do that to me. That's too much on the spot. <clears throat> hey, you guys did trade places though, so this is fun. Yeah, I know. So Andy, take over. I'm really muscling. I don't know where to look. <laughs> uh, so 
so Keith, one question though, since you are like you show up to Lake and you go fish when you're doing your map study, Google Earth and stuff, are you a quadrant type guy? So do you break down the lake into quadrants and then just find the best looking, juiciest stuff and go right there and start pedal down trolling motor casting? Or do you really like slow down and then when you get there based on the conditions, then you go? Uh, personally, until I feel um, until I feel a little bit comfortable with the lake, I got to after generally when I'm driving, it's it's been between 17 and 20 some hour drive and I'll get there the day before. So I'll back the boat in, make sure I've got everything rocking and rolling good, hit the trolling motor. I'll idle over or run to a very close spot that looks decent mm -hmm. and I'll fish for an hour or so just to get my bearings, get my sea legs back on. You know, just get reacclimated or familiar with a new boat. And then from there, it's like, okay, it's time to go explore. And uh, honestly, I think one of my, yeah, there's guys that have the mentality, man, I want to see the whole lake. And it's like, all right, I get that. That's a lot of freaking information, especially on a lake the size of Hartwell. Um, and that's probably where uh, could have been another mistake. Um, I should have probably just picked an area, committed fully. And I think that would have probably been a lot easier for me to whatever take, if you will, um, just commit to an area. There's fish there. There's there's fish all freaking over that lake. The the winning bag was in numerous places. Um, it's just whoever, obviously, Jason Christie found the winning bag, which is awesome. Other guys were very close, which was awesome. But it just goes to show you that there's there's schools of fish out there. There's pods of fish. There's random single fish everywhere in that, in any given lake, actually. And uh, it's just, you'll, you'll land on the right the right uh, combination of, of the above, and it'll uh, it'll happen for you in a big way. Yeah. And then you have to hope they bite. Correct. And then get them in the boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't break line or, you know, do silly things like that. Yeah. <clears throat> So to add on, so with my question earlier about are you kind of guy that likes to get out and look at your screen for a while, like to a brand new lake, a lake you've never been to, if you like to look at a screen or just go fish, what looks good. One thing I've noticed that I've done on lakes that look that I've never been to is I start to get scatterbrained where yeah. I find one thing that looks good. I found another thing that looks good where I can't like I'll get a bite on something, but then I see something completely opposite looks good and I'll leave that bite and go try something different. But what if you if you get bit on that now you got two patterns, right? Okay, so that was going to lead me into my question for you is like, do you like to stay focused during that time? But I think you just answered my question where you're just going to be opportunistic with what comes. I got ADD when it comes to pre fishing for at least the first day or so, and uh, I'm trying I'm trying to get as much intel in a short period of time as possible, and that that may be the wrong approach, but with the way my my brain works or sometimes doesn't it uh, seems to be the easiest thing for me to do and then the other problem that i have is i don't want to go out there and just stick a ton of fish and you know potentially not shut down the area but you know educate them too terribly much so i may be running similar pattern stuff and then bounce out and try something polar opposite completely different but uh you know, for the most part, I'm going to stick with what I found. The other thing, going to a brand new lake, and then I just kind of want to key it on this when you were just talking again, Bailey, you, it jumped into my mind. But I try and find stuff that I'm comfortable with. 
that's going to suit my style, uh, my, my ways that I'm comfortable fishing. And I think that that helps me relax a little bit. Um, even on a lake that I have absolutely no clue about, doesn't matter how much you look at it on like Google earth or how many maps you look at, or if you're, I've, I've sat out in my shop and I've pulled up the, the Lake master maps on all kinds of lakes and just stand around and looked, you know, and it's like, Oh, well that's, that's kind of cool. And then you kind of, you got your phone, you bring up Google earth and you're kind of looking to the, the two compared side to side. And it's like, all right, you know, these areas look familiar to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to start with familiarity. If that's not going, then I'm, <laughs> I'm a lost little chicken out there. So yeah, just, just wandering around and, and uh, until I hopefully stumble on something, sometimes the lake uh, says, Hey, look at me. And uh, it did that. Oh, geez. I was just telling my daughter and, and girlfriend this, uh, this tonight we were out to dinner <laughs> and I said that, that one bass was showing me what the lake is doing. And I didn't listen. So I did not listen. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I mean, it's, it's lessons learned, right? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. But are you going to believe a, a fourteen or fifteen inch bass? I didn't. <laughs> I yeah, should have. That's, <laughs> that's one thing that uh, is always so tough. So well, I shouldn't say always so tough, but I think for people that might be new to tournament fishing and they kind of learn the concept of you know laying off fish during practice, right? Especially like the day or two before. But then they take it to a literal sense of like they start catching a couple one pounders, like oh, there's fish here, we got to go. Whereas right. I think it was Polinick that we had on here. We're asking him something similar to that. And he, he basically mentioned, I go until I catch quality. Like I don't care how many fish I catch in practice until I start catching the winning fish. And then I leave an area. Cause you want to figure out what exactly is in that specific area. Like if you're catching a bunch of fish, just start playing around with different, you know, base to try to obviously spark a bigger bite. But correct over time, you'll understand if there's bigger fish in the area or not, they'll show themselves, especially if you have forward facing, I mean, if, yep. you, if you're on fish, they'll, they'll yeah. make the big ones to make themselves present. Oh, they're, yeah, they're very curious little critters. They might not, uh, may not take a swipe at the bait every single time, but they're definitely curious. Yeah. They just <laughs> want to eat. There's a reason why they're so big. They know how to eat. Right. And when, <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. fake, what's real. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's really good. Really good advice from, from Brandon and other amazing anglers. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, so one thing with that, uh, like especially looking at like the Santee event with the guys that were fishing, you saw a lot of guys saying they were trying to look at stuff where the fish were going to be. And then there were guys that like a Seth fighter who, how he got his AOI was literally just going out and fishing the moment versus having any preconceived notions or trying to think what they should be. Cause I think if there's anything we've learned the past few years is that bass fishing is changing every single year and what we the, mm -hmm. what these fish have been doing i think since covid year i mean i think one thing you hear the most now is i've never seen them do that before right i, I haven't heard i've heard that countless times mm -hmm. it, whether it's a fishing pressure thing or whatever i mean there's so many different theories but um are you kind of guy that likes to go try to figure out where they're going or are you just gonna mm -hmm. fish the moment and adjust as you go i'm gonna okay so i've got an open coming up uh, in richmond virginia uh, on the james river i'll i'll be leaving saturday for that for the, uh, the drive. Travels. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> but uh, so I'm going to approach that one as a moment because it's, it's a river, which 
Rivers have tended to be my nemesis a little bit. And it's also title. And this is brand new to me, the whole title thing. Um, but going back to, to the classic and Hartwell, I was trying to envision where the fish were going. And uh, I don't think I was far off. I really, really don't. Um, I mean, I found fish. I, in, obviously in practice, I caught some quality fish and then backed off, backed off spots. And then, uh, you know, I think I had a few opportunities uh, tournament day at some, at some decent fish. So I don't think I was too terribly far off. Um, you know, the other thing that I've made mention is I fished behind a bunch of really good vacuum cleaners and my rotation and my timing was, it was inevitably, it was off. So, um, and that's okay. It, it just happens. And it, it might not have been by much, you know, a, a couple of minutes off. Mm -hmm. And especially on lakes like Hartwell, uh, you know, let's just talk Hartwell. There's other ones, obviously Norman, uh, Douglas, those my, my, the ones that I've been on that, you know, kind of taught me some things. Um, these bait fish oriented lakes, the, the shad lakes, the herring lakes, um, the fish aren't that far away from any good looking area. It's uh, just a matter of timing. And they could be just out of out of earshot or eyesight or whatever. And then when they push that bait up or the bait decides to do something funky and it triggers them, then, you know, it's chaotic and it's fun and it happens quick. But uh, I was trying to figure out where they were going. Um, I think I was at some in some some instances I was ahead of them and in some instances I was behind them. So it just that was, yeah, I was close. Give me a hand grenade. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> that that's something I'm trying to I mean, not just a tournament angler, but as an angler in general, force myself mentally is we, we get so sucked into one just this textbook, but two, we look at a weather forecast, like, oh, it's gonna push them back, it's gonna push them this way or that. And then your day goes into trying to account for that theory versus going and just fishing and letting the fish tell you right. what's going on. Where we get so many, we learn so there's so much information out in this space. We learn different things from different anglers of all over the country. And they're like, oh yeah, when that weather, when that cold front comes in, like you got to pull back, like they're going to be gone where they can still be there. They might just, you might need to slow down and you just, yep. you spend so much time looking for them and you're like, oh, I can't find them. I don't know where they went to when you never checked the area where they were. Correct. I think that's just, that's one thing we get so sucked into. And that's one thing I'm trying to force myself to do is because I try to read way far too into this crap there's a there's a whole bunch of gravy boat filled gravy laden whatever you want to call information out there and uh it's yeah it's overwhelming um which gets me you know to think just do what you're comfortable with man um if it happens it happens brian new said it on the on the saint john's river i believe it was this year he says when it's your time you can't stop it but when it's not your time you can't force it and we've all been there um, and it, that goes with, with absolutely anything that you take on in life, not just fishing. So when it's, when it's meant to be and when it's going to happen, there's no stopping it. But we've all tried to force things and whew, it's frustrating and it doesn't work. And that's when you just got to say, hey, it is what it is. And I'm not going to let this dictate how I'm going to act and be and all that stuff. That's, so that's where the, the mentally strong stuff comes in. And uh you know, I've learned that it's, it's been a, it's been something I've had to teach myself. So not trying to jump onto that whole deal, but 
Um, if you want to segue, go ahead. But <laughs> I mean, hit, hey, hit it and run with it. You're the host, remember? Come on. Oh, good lord! I should be asking you guys questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have a couple more questions that we can get into and have some fun, okay. here, fun here at the end. But um, I know there was one story we talked offline that I think you said you really like to share with folks, and mm-hmm. uh, we wanted to. Give some some of the behind the scenes things that yes, uh, yeah. yes. that not a lot of people really know about. Yeah. All right. Let's hit it. So this this story, I mean, everything made my classic. Don't get me wrong. Um, the fans, the support, the just the entire event, the uh, the the staff at BASS, the just everything that they planned out. Um, all of the dinners from the sponsors and from from BASS was phenomenal. Everything was absolutely amazing. This one particular story tops them all for me personally, and I'd like to share it with you guys. So, <clears throat> went to the expo on Sunday, which I thought was great. Got to sign a whole bunch of uh, T-shirts and stuff at the Yamaha booth. I sat right next to Pat Schlopper and, and uh, Scott Canterbury. Pat's got a signature kind of like mine, which is great, just Pisha. <laughs> <laughs> and then Scott Canterbury has got the most gorgeous handwriting. It's just every every signature was spot on. It's almost like he had a rubber stamp and he would thunk, but he was actually <laughs> signing it all. Just flawless. And both great guys. I, I couldn't have been any more lucky to sit between them. Pat's also left-handed. I'm left-handed and Scott was right-handed. So we were all three signing one shirt at a time. And it, it was just a hoot. <clears throat> Interacting with the people that would come by and had a gas. So from there, went to the Skeeter booth, <clears throat> and my daughter happens to be with me at this at the expo as well. She wanted to see just kind of some of the things that we're going to go on. We stopped by PowerPole, talked to Casey and a couple other guys over there, ran into Bernie Schultz, was talking with him. He's like, I know who you are. I was like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> so anyway, that was cool. <clears throat> Get over to the Skeeter booth, and uh, I'm a couple people down from Clay Dyer. And I was like, holy crap. <clears throat> I've looked up to Clay uh, for years as a as an inspiration and as a as a person just like wow look at what this guy has accomplished is accomplishing and it's just it should be it should just be motivation for absolutely anybody and everybody um, he he is so mentally strong um, and and just just any any little what seems easy to us, menial, um, everyday task. It's a, it's kind of a, it's a deal for him, but yet he's a professional angler. He's fishing the the central opens this year as a pro angler. That's, that's freaking awesome. He's been doing it for years. It's, it's this guy's dream and hell or high water handicap or not. He's chasing it, man. And that's, that's cool. That's inspiration. So we kind of, I wanted to talk to him, but I didn't want to bother him. <clears throat> it was signing stuff. And I think uh, there was another fellow in between us. And at one point uh, I was given uh, the other guy a little hard time. And uh, Clay kind of looks up at me, he goes, get him, Keith. And I was like, I got him for you, brother. Don't worry about this. So you know? <laughs> anyway, it was, it was fun. Nice little exchange. I was also a couple people down from Brandon Polinick too. So I was trying to talk with him a little as well. Met him on the lake. Great guy. <clears throat> as you guys know, you've had him on your show. Um, but, uh, so it wasn't until afterwards I, I 
<clears throat> we were going to go throw shirts out to the crowd at the uh, at the weigh-in on Sunday, and uh, it worked out really cool that we got to be up in the in the crowd, my daughter and I, and uh, there was a couple other guys that were in other areas. But uh, so prior to that, we're all sitting in the in the back outside of the the staging area for where they bring the boats in for the weigh-in. And uh, Drew Cook pulls up with his rig. <clears throat> He's sitting in his boat. And then uh, Mark Menendez, and this is going to be name dropping 101 here. And I know you guys are really having fun with this story. But <laughs> anyway, and just, you know, Pat Schlopper, Scott Canterbury, uh, just a whole ton of other guys, and Clay Dyer. <clears throat> and they get Clay up on the boat, and he's standing there, and they're laughing and yucking it up and telling stories about how he was riding his, 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 chair down to the lake to go fishing and it got away from him or whatever happened. And he, uh, he bails from the chair and his, one of his rods goes in and he goes after it and he's got to go get his chair. It's down at the bottom of the lake. And so they hook up a Z 71 to it. And you know, he dives down and hooks it up and oh, <laughs> they yank it out and posted <laughs> the thing, but you know, he was okay type of thing, but they're reliving all these stories and they're laughing about it. It's like, this is so awesome. And so then he just kind of, this is this is the part to me that made my classic, <clears throat> um, and I'm, I'm going to try and say it without being too too emotional here. So Uh-oh. he just kind of separated himself from that whole conversation that these other guys were having, and he he turned to me, and before I could say Clay, I've been wanting to talk to you. He's like Keith, I just have to tell you, I watched both of your day one and day two weigh-ins in person. He goes absolutely amazing you really you really inspired me and and touched me with how you handled yourself and some of the things that you said it was it was really really nice to see i was like you gotta be freaking kidding me right now i was gonna say the same thing to you except in a different light for what you've done your entire life your career and everything since you've been you know obviously in the limelight um wow you know what an inspiration to anybody and everybody so that was that was really freaking cool for me. I had I never in a million years did I ever think A, I would be at a classic, B, I would be intermingling with some of these these amazing anglers and great people, and then C to have have uh, Clay <laughs> pay a compliment to me of of such magnitude. That uh, wow, That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Badass, dude. It was great. <laughs> so I'm on cloud nine after that. I couldn't. Uh, couldn't have think thought of a better way to end a classic. In my mind, right there, I won the damn classic. You know, weekend made. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Full trip, worthwhile. I mean, the all the series of the the the, the whole event was just a win for me, and uh, that just topped it off. It, uh, yeah, I can't express. I can't put into words. It's it doesn't seem to do justice um, for what that uh, that whole whole deal meant. <clears throat> yeah, I wanted to win. Yeah, I I know you're a guy that uh, I don't say I don't mean that you don't like to get compliments, but you're one where it's like when people compliment you, you you do your best to kind of be humble about it, but you don't want to make a deal of it. Um, yeah, and I think something like that is probably one you were probably smiling ear to ear your entire drive home thinking gloating. It. it wasn't gloating, but it was just like <laughs> wow that happened. And then at one point we saw a donkey in the median in in, in uh, Kentucky somewhere, and oh, my daughter and girlfriend both were like, "You're you're better take pull over, take a break. You know, you're hallucinating or something like that." I was like, "Man, am I hallucinating?" 
a buddy was following me that drove down and he calls me. He's like, do you see that donkey in the middle of the road? I was like, thank you. <laughs> Anyways, you know, with the, the entire rest of the trip, it was, it was, there was a dead donkey in the road. It was like, what the hell? <laughs> Only in Kentucky, right? Oh, but I don't know. I don't know if, if Robertson went through first or what the deal yeah. was. <laughs> anyway, um, but no, that was definitely a highlight. And I got to share that with my family first. And it, uh, good stuff, man. Really, really good stuff. Well, thank awesome. you for sharing that story with us. It's incredible. I'm glad you guys were wanting to listen yeah. to it. So yeah, I don't no, know about the listeners. We haven't got any more. You said you had a couple questions. Let's uh, let's get some people's questions answered first, and then we'll we can revisit or whatever you guys want to do. I got all night. However you want to, however long you want to keep people on, that's up to you. Uh, Wait a minute, well, I'm the host. I, We're running this thing till midnight. Oh, <laughs> twenty four hour session with Keith Tuma. Yeah, that's well, right. I can, we can we, probably talk it up. Me and Bailey might have to leave the stream and just let you go. All right. Just let you keep talking. <laughs> We're gonna leave it to you, Keith. You run it for as long as you want it. Sure. Uh, but no, for real, that is that's an awesome story. Thank you for sharing that. And you're uh, welcome. Thank you we'll for giving to, me the opportunity uh, to share it. Yeah, always. You know this is your show, anyways. Like you said, you're the host. I mean, this is your platform to tell the folks what you want. Can I get that? Can I get that in writing and notarized? Yeah, we can do that. You know you're always right. welcome on this show. Come on, man. No, but seriously, that that was awesome, um, and I can't wait to uh, to clip this and share this to social with Clay. And uh, I think you'll be appreciative. Yeah, and and that's you know for the for the folks like Clay is one that we've been in touch with, and we're getting him on the show here soon. So y'all have to look forward to that. And I think you'll have to be the host for that show, Keith. If he would be okay with that, I would love to be on with him. I think it'd be fantastic. From the sounds of that conversation, I don't think he's going to have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um so to get into a couple questions here uh, sure we'll, we'll circle back on that later but we have a question here from jordan thompson and he's asking how long did the high of winning the open last year take to go away or are you still writing it and i think uh i think more to kind of rephrase his question not to replace his question so sorry jordan if you think i replaced your question but how, what did that do like what did that win do for your confidence i know we had you on here after that open win but like now that you're, you know, over a year away from that win, what has that done to you as an angler? Okay, you mentioned the word confidence, <clears throat> and I'm gonna I'm just expand on that a little bit. Let's touch on the on the question. I'm still riding that high as anybody would be. Um, but as far as confidence, that was that was a series of three days, and on those three days. They, well, the last day, especially, it turned out that that day I was the one that was chosen to have the winning bag. And, and then I have to leave it there. And that's the, if, if, I don't know if that's humble or whatever. I, am I, do I still draw on it? Do I still relive it? Absolutely. Every chance I get, I, I relive it. I don't let it get in the way. And it's definitely not a, a chest beating thing for me in any way, shape or form on that day, I was, I was number one and it worked out great. <clears throat> uh, did not expect it. Didn't see it coming. Never anticipated it. I couldn't have, I couldn't have planned that how, or scripted it, how it had, how it happened. So yeah, it, this, this plays back into something that I've said numerous times. Uh, yesterday's history. Tomorrow's a mystery. Today's the present or today's yeah, the present 
or it's a gift. That's why we call it the present. I just went and blew that all up. But uh, y'all get y'all get what I'm saying. Um, but it was it's history, and yeah, I've got the memories. Um, there's footage. There's there's pictures. There's write ups. There's all that stuff that's that's not going to go away that we can all draw on. But it was it was one event. I've got to look forward to the next event, and then also relish being present now. And I think if 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 I, that works for me. Um, so trying to be humble, modest, all those things, definitely that's, that's a strategy of mine. Um, I've played it the other way in past with local little derbies and stuff around here. Uh, it's like, well, yeah, yeah, I won the hell out of this one. So why wouldn't I go win this one? And then end up just bombing that one. It's like, Oh, all right. Stupid. That's why <laughs> you got, a, you got a head full and you got taught a lesson. And you got knocked down a rung or two. It's like, okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, just little little life lessons along the way. So, I've, uh, yeah, no, I'm still riding the high. Thank you, Jordan, for the question. Great. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's funny you say that because I had a guy recently, which I don't know why in the world he would ask me. I haven't done crap. Uh, but he asked me about how do you keep, I think he, he mentioned something along the lines of how do you keep a, um, a stable mindset after you have success in a tournament. And I thought that was, it was kind of a, a loaded question because one, I think it depends on the level of tournament. I think, you know, a local derby, you win it. It's like, Oh, cool. Got some beer money for the day, that type of mm-hmm. thing. Um, I think there's definitely something to be said on winning like a national tournament in terms of an open an elite event. I mean, we probably can never even, touch on a classic once you win the bassmaster classic then i'll ask you what that's like when you come to the show. <laughs> oh my god um that is a tall order brother <laughs> but I'll, i'd love to try just for you that's right and me that's right. <laughs> i'll keep you to it uh but i think there's yeah we got punch fish in the chat can keith be my life coach i think Heck yeah say that if i can't make it in this fishing thing i'll just sign up for life coach duty all yeah, the time so <laughs> as long as as long as people pay me with fishing trips i'm in let's do this oh do wow <laughs> that sounds like a bargain. Like it does <laughs> for me. <laughs> Imagine the, the the education I'll get just fishing with a bunch of different people. And yeah. Um. So what what I was saying, I, I, it's there's definitely something. I think every angler that is in this tournament deal for a long time will run into success. And I think mm-hmm. I shouldn't speak and say everyone, but I think a lot of people go through that dilemma of you found success you don't want to sound like a jerk but you also want to be proud of your win how do you handle it like it's it's always a it's kind of a a weird deal like it's you want to obviously be excited about it but you don't want to be too excited and piss people off like it's a it's a weird thing isn't it it is it's a it's a it's a fine line but i'm going to go back to your success comment and you said some people find success some other some some really necessarily don't but I feel like if we can take our little victories or just the fact we're fishing a tournament of this caliber and, hey, I set my goal on the Harris chain for a, a top 40. Got it. I would have been tickled pink with a top 40 for my very first event. Absolutely. But we got to find success in absolutely everything we do. And the definition of, of success should vary for every individual person. Some people aren't happy unless they, they are absolute the winner. You know, and that means collecting the check, getting a trophy, whatever. 
Um, some other people, hey, I'm doing what I love. I'm not at work. I'm my my family is behind me. They'll they they want me. They they're supporting me to go out and do this fishing. You know something that I love, and that in itself is a success. They're on the water doing something that they love. Um, I can pay and crank baits, dude. The northern pike up here will love you <laughs> or hate you. They'll have a bunch of uh, oh. treble hooks in their throats. But just different different levels of, of success. I think, uh, and that's with anything, with anything we do. You know, just take a ah, break it down into into hourly goals or hourly uh you know little things or daily or whatever you want to do and uh just try and achieve that or be thankful for it and if it doesn't work out poof, okay roll on next yeah one of the things i've adopted recently uh and i can't remember who the heck i was talking to this about uh but brandon polonix video i think it was the sabine river uh was it it might have been the sabine it's either sabine or harris where he said it's you either you win or you learn like there is no mm -hmm. lose, win or learn. I think yep. there's definitely losers in terms of like your character. That's like, how you handle yourself. And that's a personal choice in my opinion. Yeah. I, yeah. I think uh, adopting point. that is, has become a big thing in, in, in mental clarity of not having this negative, negative mindset. It's, I mm -hmm. think it's, I need to have the Keith Tuma mindset of staying positive <laughs> and uh, either I'm going to win or I'm going to learn something. That's it was one heck of an education. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, it's, it's just taking small things out of it. And I think that's something you took a lot from since you're, since you're open win. Yeah. yeah. If you want to look at the, uh, at the classic results in terms of, I mean, everybody got a check. That's a given. That's common knowledge. Everybody knows it. So that, that helps the positive attitude. <laughs> right. Technically I didn't come in 55th. I mean, in terms of bass weight, sure did. But technically, there was a 30-way tie for 26th place. Yeah. That's a fun it's way just, to look at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who was? Hold on. Hold on. I didn't read that question. Oh, we uh, we had Jordan Thompson here saying uh, that whole speech was life coaching 101. Better write the contract. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Thank I'm you, Jordan. Gonna... Crankbaits, get going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look up the uh Assmaster Classic 2022 results here because I oh, want to no. see who's in 26. <laughs> There's a 30-way tie for 26th place. Come on, let I, me have I, a little I, moment. You at, oh, you, you almost were one spot away from tying Greg Hackney in 25th. <laughs> That's you awesome. Can, you can put that on your resume. <laughs> That's a big freaking deal. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. In monetary compensation, he was one spot away. True story. That's right. Um, uh, it's all about how you handle the humility. There was no humility, man. I own that whole freaking moment. I oh, no, I'm just saying in general, like, oh, in yeah. life, like in fishing, <laughs> there's people that can't handle the humility and they just stay pissed off, angry all the time, right? And yep. then there's people who are humble and they're like, Congrats, man. I'm so pumped that you did this. Awesome yep. job. And I learned everything on the water and you take that and you grow from it. And yeah. it speaks volumes to the type of person that you are because we, as fishermen, we all have terrible stretches where we just plain out suck. 
but it's sure. how you rebound from that. You, so if you're gonna make a if you're gonna make a livelihood at it, or if if, if you're gonna try and fish more tournaments or do something, anything, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you definitely have to learn from the times where you weren't as successful as you'd hoped, and you know, apply it to future stuff, and hopefully it works out. Yeah. Um, and obviously learn along the way, like you were saying, for sure. Own your I, mistakes is the, basically the way you can go about <laughs> saying it, right? Just own up to it. Absolutely. Learn from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's. I think there's three different type of people in terms of fishermen, but I think this could also be translated to athletics too. Um, there's there's your guy who's guy or girl, uh, girl that's like the horrible winner, but also a horrible, lo- like an even worse of a loser in terms of, how they represent themselves. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's folks like you that regardless of the outcome are amazingly positive. You might internally potentially be annoyed at some point, but you're not going to ever let it like be known. Like you're always going to look at the positive side, but then there's a, there's also that side of people that I've seen, which I don't think it's a bad thing, but they're so overly competitive that you can tell they're pissed off, but they're not going to tell you. They're going right. to force a positive deal to the public, but then you get them alone. They're like they're like punching their truck or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Andy's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Andy. <laughs> no, no, but I'll openly admit it. Like, and that, it's something that I've had to work on a lot is like humbling myself. Right? Like, sure. As soon as you have any inkling of success, you can either run away with it or you can stay flat-footed and grounded and i mean as somebody growing up in bailey was in a lot of athletics as well like any bit of success as a high schooler a moody teenager you kind of run with it and it's how long it sticks with you yep so and learning from a lot of hard life lessons it's how you recover absolutely so look at there you can be a life coach as well look at at the inspiration that my hosting ability has brought out in the two of you fellas (laughs) Such fine young man. I'm so proud to be associated with you and I'm glad I could take you under the Tuma wings. <laughs> the Tuma <laughs> wings. Love it. You're like the Taylor Swift of hosting. You're just getting Oh, out. she's so much better looking than I am though. <laughs> Hot takes. Oh, God, that's amazing. Well, well, Keith, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up here in a okay. second. But uh one of my questions I have for you is now that you got to be on this Bassmaster cl- uh, Classic stage with all these guys, and get to meet all the different pros. What three guys do you are you do you most want to have a beer with? Ooh, this is easy. Uh-oh. All right, I've unafraid uh, the question, Bailey. Think of a harder one. Oh come on! <laughs> no, we're gonna, we're I'm, just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, I've already had a beer with Patrick Walters, but he's definitely on the list again. Great guy. Caleb Summerall will be another one. Okay. Uh, um, and Lee Livesey. All right. Even though, even though Lee would make me drink a, a bush latte, I'd, I'd, I'd choke one down for him. Whatever. <laughs> it's actually not that bad a beer. I kind of enjoy it from time to time. Yeah, for four ninety nine for like a twelve pack. It, I think it, you get a thirty pack up here for that. They yeah. practically pay you to take it out of the store. It's pretty good yeah. stuff. <laughs> but let's let's hear the why. I, I'm very intrigued. Yeah. The why. Yeah. I, I know why you picked Patrick Walters from the last time, but I'm, there's we have new listeners here. So go through why Walters, why Summerall, why Livesey. Well, have you seen Walters' shorts? I mean, good Lord. He only 
takes a special kind of character to be able to pull those off. And Taylor Swift. <laughs> no, that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> He's just a great guy. Uh, super nice, friendly, uh, personable, um, fun guy to hang around. And you want to talk about some some behind-the-scenes funny as heck stories. Yeah, he's got them. Um, Caleb, I just met him uh, at the at the classic. We sat at the uh, at the same table at the uh, Yamaha Angler Appreciation Dinner, and he and his wife JC were just phenomenal people. Uh, we had it was really cool. We had a Cajun cuisine for dinner that night, and so they're breaking it down. Oh, you got to try this, and you got to do that. They're from Louisiana, mm-hmm. and uh, just go down. Here's how you got to put these dishes together, and and all that. And it's like wow, it added to the experience, and uh, just just a super personable, down to earth fella. Not to mention on day two, he's like, try this. <laughs> so. Um, it, it helped a little bit. It's like, okay, you know, that was in my, the back of my head, but you know what? I'm going to roll with it. So it, uh, he helped, he helped me out a little bit, which I thought was really cool. Uh, Lee, on the other hand, I had never met him. So a buddy of mine, the one that followed me down and, and verified the donkey story was staying on the lake, uh, at, at a house <laughs> and a kid shows up. Turns out Lee was staying at that same house like a couple days prior and one of his packages showed up and my buddy sends me a picture. And says, hey, this showed up at the door. And I was like, I can see him in his boat. And this is at media day. He's right over there. It gives me a good reason to go over and talk to him. And so I did. I wandered over there and Lee, I'm Keith Tuma. You know, nice to meet you. He shook my hand. He's like, what's happening, bud? Want a beer? And I was like, no, nah, better not. But, uh, I said, do you recognize this address? He's like, oh, yeah, I should have like three or four packages coming to that place. I said, well, we'll, we'll get it to you. Not, No worries, you know. But um, he was just just a down-to-earth dude. And I know he, he had some stuff going on, but and he was, you know, busy. But uh, he was kind of winding down, but just down-to-earth guy. And uh, I get along with down-to-earth guys. Yeah. We'll leave it to that. There, I could, I could include a couple other ones, um, but you asked for three. I mean, if... Feel free yeah, to fire, fire away. Jacob Prosnick. I don't have a beer with that dude. He is he is all business all the time. And I 100% um, can appreciate that. Uh, yeah. So that was my, that was my number four. We'll leave the other ones alone for now. All right. Let we'll me, let me, about. let me go mingle and, and, and rub elbows with these guys a couple more times. And then I'll have a, I'll have a better list for you. A top 10. How's that? Like in it. no particular order. It's just whatever pops in my head first. Love it. Well, I don't want you to think that there's a the specified order here for, for these fellas that I listed. <laughs> Andy, Andy, you got anything for Keith here? Oh, man. I At this moment, no, but I'm sure that more will pop in the mag because I have like seven things. Like We can do a recap of part two if you want. I'm good. Yeah, oh, we can do that. We'll make yeah, that. Anytime, Keith. You're um, always welcome. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So last question for you before we okay. uh, we before we kick the, the host off this stream here. <laughs> uh, so you're, you're really starting to see the country in terms of, you know, traveling, visit different lakes, fishing different parts of the country. You know, what, uh, what's on top of your brain right now that you, that what, like a lake wise that you want to go fish. The only one that's on my brain right now is the uh, James river. Unfortunately. Um, I'm, <laughs> there's, there's so many lakes like bucket list lakes that I want to fish and explore and check out. But uh, I don't want to – James River is going to be my – either my friend or my foe come up here in the next 
next few days. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens on that. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to it. All right, I'm buddy. gonna I'm gonna try and keep it simple. So I'm sorry that's not the answer you were probably looking for. No, it's obviously it's after that it's gonna be Oneida and then Chesapeake Bay. <laughs> but in between there, I've got some stuff up here that I'm gonna be fishing. So um, I generally take my next my next lake in line uh, when I'm gonna be fishing is the one that I'm I'm thinking about donut or you know spending my energy on my 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 brain power whatever if you will and uh, it's a great train of thought. Yeah, just trying to trying to focus. Um, really wish I'd, I was down on Cherokee, um, for the yeah. Southern that's coming up this week. Uh, that'll be fun to see how that plays out. It looks like the guys are really getting on them, but that's, that's actually been one of my destination lakes, uh, Toho, Kissimmee chain, uh, or Kissimmee chain. That's been one of my destination lakes. Um, used to fish Oka, Oka back in the day with my dad, um, hundred years ago when I was a kid. So, and then throw a dart at a map on, in Texas, any one of those lakes. Louisiana stuff spooks me a little bit. The Mississippi stuff spooks me a little bit, except for Pickwick. That's part of Mississippi. I've been on that one. That's fun. Um, but so many lakes across this country that are just phenomenal. And uh, name one. I'd love to go fish it. So. Heck yeah, dude. Well, you better uh, you better come up a few days early or stay a few days late when you come to Oneida and come see us. I'm planning on uh, I'm planning on probably solid ten days of practice. So. Well, and that may be too much days. for some, but I need to I need to figure out a really big lake. So we're about two hours away from Oneida. So oh, that's a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, yeah. You you take a day. We'll uh we'll take you out fun fishing on one of the honey holes near Oneida. We'll go blast them for a day. That'd be great. Nice. Let's talk about that stuff off air though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you want to be giving away all your secrets like you were talking about earlier. Dang YouTubers. All right. Have a good night, folks. We'll see you guys later. Yeah, appreciate you joining in for a little tuba time on Serious <laughs> Podcast. That was a perfect closeout. We should have saved that for the yeah. end. <laughs> oh, this isn't the end. You said it was the <laughs> end. <laughs> no, this is where we uh this is where we boot tuba time off. Okay, I'm out of here. Thank you no, for, uh, for having me, and uh, thank you, thanks, everybody, Keith. for tuning in and the questions. They were fantastic. Yeah, we appreciate you, Keith, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon, buddy. Absolutely. Thank you. Safe travels. Bye, Take care. Oh, I love Tuma Time. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so always great. fun getting Keith on the show, man. Yeah. Uh, ever since meeting him at uh, ICAST last year, uh, and obviously we've gotten a bunch of time to chat with him from the first time he's been on the show and you and I have helped out the Minnesota Bass Nation in terms of you know hosting on their local tra- trail stream that they got going on. Uh, but it's always a absolute pleasure to to hang out with Keith, and it's yeah. somebody that I've been really happy to meet in this industry. One of the nicest people I've ever met. I don't say that about a lot of people. I'm sad I missed him on the final day of the classic. That would have been fun. I know you jerk. You can't even make time for Tuma time. What the heck? Oh, I know I suck. <laughs> no, <laughs> I felt like a chicken with my head cut off running around that place. Cause where I was working and going to see everybody else, it was like the entire venue. I had to walk across. I, I walked like 40 miles in three days. Like I was exhausted. <laughs> you poor thing. I know my legs can't handle that. <laughs> Uh, either way, big thank you to Keith Tuma yeah, for joining you. us tonight. And, uh, folks, we hope to see you guys this Thursday night. Uh, we're going to have a live stream previewing the uh, Bassmaster Elite event on Lake Chickamauga. 
Uh, it feels like it's been a minute since we've had that. I think yeah. Saint Cooper was the last one, so a few weeks ago at least. And uh, we'll be giving away a bunch of prizes from from Omnia, from Hobie Eyewear, Queen Tackle, Hummingbird, Minkota. So hope you guys will join us this Thursday night as we preview Lake Chickamauga. And uh, those shows are always a good time. So hope you guys, hopefully, see you guys there. Appreciate you guys joining us tonight, and we will see y'all on Thursday night. <laughs>